Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. A new service coming to Meltdown Comics, Moped Hero. $5 comic book delivery in Los Angeles, serving Hollywood, WeHo, Bev Hills, Echo Park, Silver Lake, Midtown, and Downtown. A proud partner with Meltdown Comics. What it is, is basically what it sounds like. A dude on a moped going about Los Angeles delivering you your comics. Forget Amazon. Take up Moped Hero. Sign up at www.mopedhero.com or call 425-736-6476 and get those comics delivered via moped. The 13th Continuum Book Signing and Launch Party, 420, 7 p.m., Come celebrate the release of the 13th Continuum. There will be yummy treats, exclusive giveaways, special guests, and a book signing with author Jennifer Brody. Join us for this special event at the iconic Meltdown Comics. 1,000 years after a cataclysmic event leaves humanity on the brink of extinction, the descendants of the chosen survivors take refuge in 13 contingency shelters buried deep underground at the bottom of the ocean and in the far reaches of outer space. Myra must escape the tyrannical forces that rule their colonies, journey through the black depths of the ocean and across the cold void of space to find each other on the surface that their ancestors once called home. Attention, Meltcasters! Mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. Welcome to Meltcast 3.0. This is Derek Vandermillen speaking to you. And to my right... Aristotle. Aristotle. It is I. And we are here in the morning, bright and early, um, just before our Daniel Klaus signing. So if you're listening today, uh, we had a blast. It was a great time. He's so nice. It was totally great. A um, lot of crazy stuff happened. Man. And, stuff that's, like, hard to explain because it's so visual, but it was nuts. And, like, in the most vague way possible was the most fun you're ever going to have, but you already had. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of vague fun awesomeness <laughs> to be had and determined uh, at a different point in time space. Um, going on today um, in real life... We have another event. Zine Melts. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, Saturday, you should come down to Meltdown Comics and come buy some zines from some local artists. They, um, how many artists do you think there are that come to Zine Melt? Uh, I have about 25. 25? 25. Nice. We um we had quite a few different people in here for Meltology that I feel like I see at Zine Melt yeah, quite frequently too. 
There's a the lot crossover. Of crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so come to Zmelt today if you're giving this a listen um, on the day that it comes out, Saturday. And um, are you? Do you ever bring a zine? I don't have any. No. No. I. Because you've I done am, some at Meltology, right? I've done, like, I've just done pages of yeah. just a big whatever at Meltology. I don't have any zines. I have lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just actually getting around to making them that I never do. <sighs> Such is the quandary of life. Yeah. The rub. Um, and then you're also uh, sticking with the zines, uh, starting a new zine podcast, right? Yes. With Dave? With or Dave it's in Baker. The, it's still... It's still a bun in the oven. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, I think we have a name for it. It's not official, but it'll be coming That's to okay. the T- Meltdown podcast. TBD. Uh, very Network. cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, so that's at the top of the hour. Um, we also had a signing for Miss Holly Anterlandi's uh, book that she worked on uh, adapting the script and editing for Erwin Allen's Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Space. The Lost Adventures. And this is based on two unproduced TV scripts by Carrie Wilbur. And we had a signing for Holly. Um, a lot of people showed up, and she got really happy um, to to sign some of those. So great job, Holly. If you want one of the signed copies, we have... Those in the store, signed by Holly herself, um, and uh, I will be talking more about that during the Picks of the Week portion because I liked it so much, I'm going to be talking about it in that segment. Nice. What I, were you about to say? I was going to say, I've never seen, I've never watched the original Lost in Space. I remember the remake movie. Which with, wasn't a bad remake. I don't remember it well enough to say... It, I feel like it, it it can have like the same potential as like Batman Forever, where as a kid I loved it, right? But rewatching it, it's like ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I haven't revisited it in a while, and probably should. It wouldn't it wouldn't hurt. Um, but just before the slew of reboots that would come in the decade following when that yeah. movie came out, I just remember so many high points from that movie. Yeah, that were like. Just charged like, um, like, uh, Joey. Yeah, I de- that's like the number one thing I remember when it? he's just a badass <laughs> and he's waiting for Joey from Friends, the um, space spiders, and he has the like space spiders. Yeah, that's what's coming at. That's what's coming at them. I oh. believe in like a hallway, and his helmet just goes choo, 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 those, over his face. And there, there's like little uh, discs with legs. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. my god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but... and then and then Will uh basically takes over the hologram of um the robot 2.0 version. Mm-hmm. There's like the danger, danger Will Robinson, then he gets an upgrade and he's huge. Mm-hmm. And um Will takes over and he's basically fighting as the robot, but from like a safe location. I remember that. I remember Joey. I remember those spiders now. Yeah. Because one of them bites Gary Oldman. I don't even remember Gary Oldman being in it. Yeah. But I do remember uh, the ship being really cool. Yeah. The ship looked great. I I, I, I want to watch it again because mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a, a really good reboot. It also dealt with like time 
like the last third act is kind of like a rewinds and messing with time space mm. um, where they're like watching themselves because uh, there's an older Will Robinson too. There's a lot that happens in that movie. Wow. It's a good one. Um, so trip down memory lane <laughs> of the good old uh, Lost in Space reboot. Uh, this is not uh, what the, the comic is following. It's definitely, um, which is weird. I literally just got an update from American Gothic Press uh, on Twitter at this very moment talking about it. I just nice. checked my phone. That's weird. I was going to I was going to look at when uh, the uh, the programming originally aired. I believe sixty six uh, was when it first came out. Uh, it came out one year before um, Star Trek did. So Damn. it's got some uh, it's got some cred, but yeah. there, it was funny because there was a really really old um, uh, uh, customer that we have that comes in here that's always telling me about all of the hardcore sci-fi, and he's mm-hmm. like, Isaac Asimov was a genius, and I'm like, <laughs> I know, um, and uh, he was like, oh, Lost in Space was the campiest bullshit there was at the time, um, but despite that, there's still a number of fans still. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have in terms of nerdy news? Um, man, again, I've forgotten it because I, I feel like I, uh, this is news. So you, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Daredevil came out today, right? It did. Okay, it did. It in was. That case, isn't it been great? It's been so great, right? It's been oh, great man. in this preemptive future <laughs> where we stayed up uh, all night. And binged, watched the hell out of it. I forgot until I saw like on Twitter and Instagram people yeah, waiting. They were they were really good about um, sending out reminders. Even though is I I needed sleep because uh, it's going to be a marathon day. Waking yeah. up to do this bright and early in the morning and then staying until the very end of Dan Klaus. Uh, I was like. Mm. I appreciate the reminder. I can't watch it. I can't binge it all Same. on the first day. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely more excited about this season than I think I was with the first. I didn't know what to expect with the first, and I like John Barenthal. Like, I think he's I think he's great. I obviously have my issues about The Punisher, um, but it seems like he could be more as a character... Um, has some drama to him without all the guns. I'm sure the guns are going to show up. Yeah. And I'll have my feelings about that. But then there's also Electra. So it feels like it's going to get uh, a fuller, fleshed out Daredevil world, not mm-hmm. just the uh, against the backdrop of all the other Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yes. Um, there was some casting news that you told me about. And now it's officially confirmed that Amber Heard is going to be playing. Oh, uh, Mara? Mara. I don't, is that how you... I don't know how to say it. Is it Mara? Mara, yeah. Okay, good to know. M-E-R-A. Mara in Aquaman. the Aquaman movie? Aquaman. Or if she like appears before. Justice League or something? No, yeah, I think I Aquaman movie. Okay. I would assume. I'm, pretty, I'm excited for that. Yeah. But I thought you were referring to Iron Fist, where it, that was not a rumor, but now it's confirmed that that guy from Game of Thrones will be him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's the last on the Heroes for Hire slate character that we mm-hmm. need introduced. Cause we got, 
who there's four, right? Uh, for for this, it's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Got it. All right, that is that's cool. So that's the last part of the equation that we needed. And for me, like one of the most exciting because I'd really want to see how they handle the mystic training and uh, just dynamic of that character. I, f- I feel that same way about Iron Fist and Doctor Strange. I yeah. Cannot wait. Oh Doctor yeah, Strange. Doctor Strange for sure. It, that's gonna be like full blown mystical for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then we got a much fuller look at the X Men uh, Age of Apocalypse trailer. Um, it was it to me. It was basically taking what they showed in the first trailer mm-hmm. and expanding on the sequences that they showed. So it it. To me, it wasn't like there was any huge high points like, let's say, Under Ruse or the um, Ant-Man riding on an arrow moments from (laughs) uh, Civil War trailer. It was just very, um, what's the conflict, who's involved, and um, let's show you just a tiny bit more without showing you too much. Like, I didn't think that there was anything that was a big spoiler, but they definitely showed more um they showed a little more oscar isaac they showed more of uh, Is oscar isaac apocalypse yeah because i did not realize that you didn't know that i saw your tweet yeah I was like oh shit yeah i i because we're on the west coast it's like pretty much anytime a trailer drops it's like right in the morning for us it's like midday for everyone else um so right when i wake up um if i know about it i'll start scanning and be like has it dropped yet has it dropped yet has it dropped yet or i just wake up to it right away and that's what happened uh yesterday um and i saw it right away and i i almost thought i was like have i seen this trailer before then i was like no no way i didn't see all of this uh stuff so did it make you more excited for this movie yeah maybe yeah and i don't think it went into like showing me too much i just don't think that there's any like the way that the X-Men films have been operating, it it does a lot of fan service in terms of giving you the classic stories mm-hmm. um, that you want. But it's not like – it's not as um, compartmentalized in moments like uh, the Underoos moment from Civil War. It's not little buttons. It's yeah. like Days of Future Past was such a beat-by-beat beat plot progression mm-hmm. through – all of it that um, it it I, I think it'd be really difficult to show too many like high high points. It's yeah. just showing content from the movie. Um, so yeah, I was excited. I think the teams look great. Um, I can't remember how much Mystique at when she was good early on. She was kind of a leader. I don't remember like how, to what degree she was a leader, but like they're definitely, I think, kind of tailoring their top billing and making Jennifer Lawrence have more screen time than I. Yeah, I remember Mystique having. She well, she was just like best friends with Xavier for all their life, and so I, I from what I remember from the other movies, Xavier took charge, but she was like his second. Yeah. And she had more like rallying the troops 
in this trailer. Yeah. Um, and saying what it means to be an X-Men, which I, I wonder when she's going to go bad or go rogue at least. Yeah. Or go, go that, back to blue. That'd be really weird if in the same, if in the same movie where she's like, this is what it means to be an X-Men, uh, she defects. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, cause I mean, well, she did in first class. She was with Magneto for half of it or like a third. Yeah. Of she kind of, yeah, but, she has the switch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get, we definitely see more from Scott and Jean Grey, which cool. Jean Grey is being played by the same actress that played Sansa, um, from Game of Thrones. I know. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. It'll. How, how far have you made an attempt before? Uh, no, I've watched it like while at at like my cousin's house yeah. during like Thanksgiving or something. Just eh, maybe just because I jumped <laughs> I in the middle like of a thing. I was like, eh, that's such I don't a know. interesting. Hey, Thanksgiving, the day of giving, and just watching a bunch of deaths on screen and a bunch of mystical stuff. That's how it goes. Um. <laughs> I I remember I I had no like the high fantasy stuff. Do you do you read or watch too much of that? No, but it really depends. Okay, because I I wasn't by any stretch uh, into that, and then I made it all the way through uh, season one of Game of Thrones, and I went okay. <laughs> Okay, I need to keep watching this. And even season two was kind of a, a stretch just because I felt like there was so much exposition um, since it was a fuller season than the first. Uh, but then once it hits its high points, it's kind of like, okay, set. Need to need to watch. Yeah. Um, and need to... I need to read at some point, but it's kind of like I... Those, <laughs> those, that's going to be a task. That's going to be such a task to try and, like, burn through those. Mm -hmm. Because the rate at which I have to read all the books here in the store just to be able to sell it properly and not be like, what do you think of this? Oh, it's good. I hate that. I hate hate when I, as a salesman, am only like, it's good. Buy it. Whatever gets you to commit to this choice. I like to be like, here's all the reasons why I liked it. And if you like this, here's Mm -hmm. some other options just in case one sounds more exciting to you. That's the thorough nature I like to give, yeah. but like, oh. that's already a lot of reading to then add on top. Yeah, of more. exactly. Yeah. A book that thick, and then sort of take away from the ongoing forever titles that will be pumped in and out of here. Um, it's 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 a task, but I, it's another thing confirmed, hard confirmed with the C. I'm going to England. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going for um, two weeks. Uh, at the first of Damn. May. So, yeah. So, I'm going to get a pretty full experience. There'll be a ten and a half hour flight. So, maybe that's where I start start <laughs> my uh, my Game of Thrones. Oh, man. That sounds like forever. I hate flying so much. I, that's that's awesome. I, I don't mind flying. It's just, I always think that I'm going to fall asleep pretty easily. I always think that. And I do... But I also wake up very easily. Like the mm. the easiest that I can ever be waked woken up is on a plane, and it it gets to a point where I start to get annoyed um, at 
how it's the count is actually like 10 counts of wake up and fall back asleep like 10 times to where it's like i'll check the time and two minutes of sleep like go by in those intervals and i i just want the plane ride to be over yeah like Uh, i just sleep i just want to sleep through it but i can't yeah it's one solid the 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 chairs lean back at just the wrong angle of you you don't actually get to rest your head you just sit up straight which is annoying (laughs) make better planes yeah for real but it was hella hella cheap it was the most cheap it was almost as expensive as flying to back home to iowa wow um yeah exactly uh because iowa is just so small and there's so few people going there um from at least los angeles that uh those flights are more expensive where did you find such a deal on norwegian airlines did you really yeah whoa yeah you just gotta you gotta you gotta look for them. It was, it's really random. Um, obviously, because I have a friend who's from England. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who I just happen to live with too. Uh, she found um, she found them way back. Uh, found out that Norwegian does good trips. So if you're thinking of that, um, they have not at all paid Milkcast, no, but. but- Every once in a while, I'm like, it's okay, because yeah. I want people to travel. So go ahead and check that out. Nice. Um, yeah. I actually have one more bit of nerdy news that I'm Do very it. excited about. Do it. Um, Region-specific, not LA-specific, but gets, it's pretty specific mm. to like the three or four cities. But Guillermo del Toro. Yes. The master himself. Yes. Um, you know about Bleak House, right? No, tell me more. If you don't know about Bleak House, it is Guillermo del Toro's second home for all of his things. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. I didn't realize that was the title of it, but I knew he had said house. It's it's like a... I Well, I mean, I think of it as a museum because it's he has so much stuff collected in there, but it's also his like office where yeah. he like gets a lot of shit done. But um, it's this legendary mythical home. That is now going to be displayed at MoCA, I believe, in like July. And I am extremely excited is about he, that. Is he local here? Is, is that property mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Really? He lives here. It's just that he's always like filming or doing right. something elsewhere. Very cool. So you're going to get a chance to tour through? Not not tour through it, but like he's taking all the stuff out and moving it into MoCA. Oh, got and it. So it's going to be. Hopefully organized the same way, but it'll probably be a little different. Yeah. Um, and he he announced it on Twitter like a few, like last week maybe, and I was like, yes, it's so much, it's happening, it's so close now. <laughs> and uh, then it's gonna be there for a few months, and then it's gonna like move to other museums in if, other states. But I wonder how much time he spends like there. Uh, yeah, I'm. That's what I mean, I'd want to know, and I'd want to know too, like. That thing's got to be so booby-trapped. Like, for crazy rabid fans of Guillermo del Toro to be like, there's a house where he keeps all of his things. I'm going to try and, like, break in. Uh, (laughs) I I just imagine he'd have, like, some of the most high-tech 
sensors and ways of detecting Alarm somebody. Systems, but doors. some of the most like retrograde booby traps, like a Iron Maiden kind of thing. Yeah, and like a guillotine like yeah. set of things that just tempt you to like try and cross, and you just get diced up. And every time he shows up, he's like, "Oh, there's another one." That's good thing I pay the maid so much. And she's like a really creepy gothic <laughs> maid that just goes in and out of doorways. And, you see her face. Closes. <laughs> but I'm super excited about it. And then they're also like making a book I saw on Amazon. Because I, like, I just Googled it to see if there was a specific date set yet. Yeah. And there isn't as far as I know. But they're making a book for the Mocha exhibit? Yeah. Oh, like, which is okay. like, oh, great. that's even better. Well, he's a friend of the store. Maybe we can mm-hmm. get him to uh, do like an excerpt or something. Something to be like, this book lives. That's what I'm hoping for. Check it out. Oh, Guillermo. But he's also filming another movie. If only you could see the smile you bring to Aristotle's face. I know. Now, um, what was I? Oh, I just found out a, a bit of news from, uh, I can't remember. I don't think it was you. Otherwise, uh, I would have feel like I would have heard more. Um he wanted to do Haunted Mansion, correct? Yeah. And then s- s- those narrative points kind of lived on in Crimson Peak, or... I don't know. Because uh, I... Cause there... it's, it's hard to keep track, because he always says he wants to do something, and then he starts doing something, and a lot of those things don't always go through. So he could possibly still be making a Haunted Mansion movie. Okay. With, um like, Jack Black and a bunch of other people. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the way that Disney is doing a rollout for, or I, excuse me, Marvel, Marvel Disney, um, is doing a rollout for uh, Haunted Mansion because they just did number one oh, the, for yeah, the comics. Hmm. Maybe they're trying to build the fan base back. Up a little more. Yeah, just... and, and flush out some lore to it. Hmm. Um, my guess is Guillermo would have his own set of lore that he'd want to explore on a distant shore. Maybe. I also four score. I also don't know how much lore there already is. Like cuz I mean Yeah. Would, I mean, it definitely feels like a narrative when you move through the ride. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and I feel like he could do some of the things they touched on in the Eddie Murphy uh, version. That one, too. I uh, rewatched. As a kid, loved it. Oh, did you? If I go back and rewatch it, I feel like I probably won't. I think that's right about when I checked out with Eddie Murphy. And I think he checked out. Yeah. And, until uh, Dreamgirls, where he was great. Um, God, he was But, yeah, it was just, like, such a... He was, he was the it guy in the box office. And then... Uh, just I I felt like I watched him be like I'm done, I made enough money. I feel like I've... that also kind of happened with the Nutty Professor. What do you mean? Where like he, it, he made the second one. Yeah, I thought I thought Haunted Mansion probably I thought it came last, but I think like Haunted Mansion was like, yep, yeah, boom, yeah, solidified it. it. Yep, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're taking some <laughs> trips back talking yeah. about. Old reboots before the like many, 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 many reboots. I can't believe like I well, I mean, I guess they always happen, but it seems it feels like right now they're happening so often that like, oh, this is a recent thing, but now they've been happening forever. 
We're just yeah. Like they're remaking Ben Hur. Yeah, I saw that and I that I was like that doesn't need to get remade. No, it was a it was like a masterpiece. Like that's like one of the thing. Well, masterpiece. It was a really really good film. There's obviously some like old Hollywood elements that kind of are <laughs> not great about it. Um, but th- that doesn't need to get remade. It's just I I think the day that they announce a uh, teaser for. Um, the Godfather remake <laughs> is when I is just be too much. when I'm 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 done. I think I'll just go out and even if I have no idea of a film, if I don't have any concept of a film or toying around with an idea, I'm just gonna go out and make a film because like literally it'll be at least it'll be a new idea. It'll be like film eating itself, and I'll want to like make. I want to like get off the grid for mm. a second, and I and then just be like, "This is the last film ever made before film ate itself." <sighs> I hope that day never comes. <laughs> just like a remake of Jaws, even though they've oh, they've man. like they've remade it and remade it and, and under different titles, and everyone likes to basically rip off the form. If there's any like seafaring. B C level movie, but if they slap an official Jaws remake, but what if they bring Steven Spielberg to the Jaws no. remake? Because no. that's no, yeah, that'd almost be more insulting. <laughs> I'd be more insulting. Like, like what you did the first time, try and do it again, but better. Hey, I don't think you'd be able to. There's like a there's like a Zen brilliance in. A young filmmaker who's like problem solving is going. Yeah. Ah, shit! I can't do this. So w- what do I have to do? And then they're not sure it'll work, but they roll the dice, and it was really what they were meant to do all along. And the product is a little bit better because they had to think about it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like once the old dogs get that big check, it changes. Have it, you seen Bridge of Spies? No, Neither I want to. I. Yeah. I want to. Uh, it's just one of those ones where it was like, I don't think I can pay to go see that in the theater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I love me some T. Hanks, some thanks. That's a good team. Like that guy is. Ugh, that guy could be in anything. Um, yeah. So that's some nerdy news. That's some trip down memory lane. That's some gushing about Tom Hanks. Um, let's get to. Our picks of the week. Picks of the week. I will let you go first, good sir. Um. All right. Uh. Well, both of my picks are boom picks, which I I nice. didn't totally realize until I got them. I was like, oh, these are very like cartoony two picks. I don't think um, we do enough of those, honestly. There was a, there was one time I almost uh or last week they did the like peculiar uh the peculiars I think of Baker Street or it was a it was a uh, Kaboom title that basically is the the kids that are fans of um, Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Yeah, the Baker, Baker Street Peculiars. There you go. I almost talked about it last week just because I had the realization I don't talk enough about like uh, um, books for a, a younger demographic, but definitely it was it was smart enough to keep the, the older audience too with uh, the Sherlock Holmes references. I don't think I even saw this last week. Yeah, it was, it was good. Nice. 
Um, so what? which one do you want to talk about first? The first one is a number one, and it's Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems. Number 104. From Kaboom. And it's by uh, Jocelyn Fenton and Kristen Garland. You did great there. Yeah. This is tough. <laughs> me actually patting you on the back. But uh, it was... It's a good book. Have you ever watched the show? I haven't. That was it's, one of the things that I was going to ask is um, if if you had watched the show or if you like it. I haven't seen it enough. I know Eddie, who isn't here, we forgot to address him, that he's asleep. But he's not here. But I know he watched like the entire first two seasons. And I've only seen like four episodes. It The um, animation looks great. Yeah, it's like super, like, super colorful. Mm-hmm. But a nice, like, mellow color palette mm-hmm. that's not, like, crazy bright. Um, but it, the art is very much the show. Mm-hmm. And the writing is also, like, very much the show. This felt like it could very easily have been the episode. They all have pretty distinct voices, as in, like, actors giving them voices mm-hmm. and the way that they are written. Mm-hmm. And that comes through in this issue. And it's a. Uh, this is a number one, right? Number one uh, of four. It ends on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but um, it they go. Stephen and the Crystal Gems decide to go camping, and Stephen says that he's been there like camping with his dad all the time, and so he wants to show them how to camp, and they have no idea how to do it. Um, uh, and then the Crystal like, Gems. Who are they? They are, I always forget their names because they're like, uh, there's Pearl, mm-hmm. Garnet, and Amethyst. Okay. Uh, relatively difficult names, but also distinct <laughs> enough that I should be able to remember. Um, and, and what, uh, like what, what are they a, a grouping? Why did they get the, the title of Crystal Gems? That's, that's one of the things that I'm kind of lost on. Okay. And that... Because I haven't seen every episode, mm. but my understanding is that they're like super powered beings, or they're like born with these gems, and they're not necessarily human. They're from mm-hmm. like another realm, and so they have these powers given to them from the gems, and they're here on Earth. But I don't know. I don't remember why specifically they're on Earth. And Stephen is the son of the fourth crystal gem who I assume died uh, but he he has the gem he just doesn't know how to use his powers yet at this point he could know it's so far into the show but I haven't seen enough of it to know okay so that's why I, I wanted to read the book I was like I feel so far away from this, this show <laughs> that's really good um, and uh, they're camping right now so yeah. And Steven's like, this is how we do camping. And then he gives Pearl, like, Pearl, you make the tent. And Amethyst, you unpack the food, but don't eat it. And Garnet, you start the fire. And then so, like, Garnet's trying to, like, rub two sticks together and gets frustrated with it and just starts a massive fire with mm-hmm. their powers. Uh, Pearl makes... I don't, I don't know what she tried making, but it's definitely not a tent. It's like a sculpture almost. Of rock and the tent materials. Oh yeah, and then uh, amethyst. Look, it, it almost looks like a uh, like um, you'd go in and you'd just like hibernate, mm. like a like a recharge <laughs> bed or something like that. 
Um, so, S- Stephen, because again, I'm even less um, in the know about it than you. How does he compare to like Jake? Like what what sets him apart as a protagonist? Jake from the Adventure Time. Sorry. Oh, oh, Finn and Jake. Finn and f- yeah, okay, Jake, Finn and Jake, yeah, Finn, um, Finn, Finn, Finn. Well, it's similar in that they're both just kids, not entirely sure what they're doing. But um, Stephen, I guess, is not as adventurous as Finn. Okay, and that's like I don't know. Because I, I, I see, like, I, the thing I like about what I'm seeing is uh, Steven has a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. And all the faces that they're showing, it's um, very good uh, levels of expression. And I see a little bit more of, like, kind of worry in him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? See a little more of a yeah, worry Yeah, f- certainly far more than Finn ever was. Finn's very... Uh, adventurous. Adventurous and, like, bullheaded and will jump into a thing. Yeah. Where... Steven is not that. But uh, they're camping around the fire. What's done has been done. And they start telling ghost stories. Mm. And uh, earlier in this issue, it's like one quick panel where Steven... Oh, it's not even a quick panel. That's where I was like, man, that's exactly what Steven would do. He finds like... He cuts his finger on a little piece of glass Mm. that he just finds in the forest. Like, that's so irresponsible. Who left this here? Somebody could really hurt themselves. Like me. And then walks away and says, I'll tell them to clean it up, like help clean it up later with their powers. Never get to it. Then later on, telling scary stories by the campfire, um, Pearl and Garnett have a story that they used to tell Amethyst to like make her behave better. That there was like a, um, what do they call it? A glass ghost. Oh, man. I think it's called the glass ghost that like hurt children and stuff. And so she tells that story. He never mentions the glass that he found in the forest. And then boom, sure enough, last page, big old glass monster Ooh. ghost. That is that we'll get to in the next issue. That is pretty interesting. <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely looks I like how they um have like it looks like it's almost all solid, but then it has like a floating hand, mm. almost oh, yeah. like um, like in any of the video games where, like Star Fox, the big um, oh, boss at the end. Yeah, it's just sort of like he's a he's a face and and separated hands. hands and yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Good character design. Um, I had something that was a little along the lines of uh, camping. As well with a group, only this one uh, was it was lost in space, and this was um, it's interesting because it's a it's like a family um, for lost in space, but this only focuses on uh, the the male characters, and um, they're uh, lost somewhere in deep space, and um, basically are they're on a planet where they can start it a fire. Um, so there is an, is uh atmosphere and, uh, they don't need their helmets and they have their rolling Rover, which looks a lot like a camper almost. Yeah. A camper um, when tank. you, when you, yeah, when you think about, cause it's even got a, a satellite dish, um, 
and headlamps, a lot like a Winnebago or something like that. And they decide they're going to uh, lay out underneath the stars and um, our good old classic robot saying, danger, danger, experiment is not complete. Um, And uh, there is a set of aliens that are, are watching them watching the three men because it's uh the father the scientist and um will robinson and uh the aliens are watching and they're they're conducting their own experiment they're just um observing what uh their uh the humans are going to do and there's a point where um our robot protector basically knows that there is the aliens are trying to almost infiltrate the minds of uh, the three humans, and Will gets woken up um, after afterwards, and the robots fried, but it basically protected them throughout the night from basically their I think their minds getting um, cracked into and hacked. Uh, he throws up a big uh, um, force field over mm-hmm. them. And you see this sort of like thing bounce off it, so it was like a like a brainwave or or something like that um, visualization of of them basically trying to attack the group. And once they wake up, they see that their only real source of information is now fried, and their their protector, um, the dad thinks that um, uh, Mr. Robinson thinks that there is. These odds are so bad that he needs to he needs to keep it from will, but there's this running theme of what does it mean to basically be a man mm. and will says it seems like hope is lost right now, and i want I want to know what the odds are and uh Mr. Robinson basically goes, well, they're not good." And uh, I'm not 100% certain what's going to happen. If we are lost, if we're ever going to get back. Um, and that's that's the cards we were dealt. And basically says that part of being a man is taking that information and not folding and not cowering or anything like that. And so Will... Um, Will says, uh, I'm not going to give up hope then. Um, so it was, it was Will learning a very adult moment of uh, rather than being ignorant to what the current situation is and sort of be kept a kid, he wants to be in the know and included. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting um, first issue for Lost in Space because it doesn't get into the whole family. But again, this mm. is based on two unproduced TV scripts. Um, so I think that would have been a, a really great episode, um, the way that it played out, at least in, in this story. Um, and I found out a bit of information that I had no clue. Um, John Williams did one of the original scores, because there was technically two, mm-hmm. and he was credited as Johnny Williams hmm. at that time. That's how far back like, like John like Williams Like during the goes. episodes? Not the theme, right? I don't know if it was the theme or uh, it was one of the themes because they switched. They had two. Mm. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he was credited as nice. Johnny Williams. So he's got he's got deep <laughs> deep roots in terms of film and TV scoring. Uh, at Amoeba, they have like in the soundtrack section, yeah, it's alphabetical by movie, and then there's a small section for like real high profile um, composers, yeah, or and whatnot. And every time I look in John Williams, there's like oh. It's mostly movies that I, like I've never seen or knew that he did or heard of even. Yeah, I was like, oh man, he's been busy. He <laughs> he's been nominated for like countless Oscars. It's just sort of like everyone's so on board with his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the point though now where, uh, like, it's it's not bad because I still love all of. The music he does, but there's now when I know, like, this is John Williams and this is John Williams. All right, I'm going to listen. And you can almost hear little similarities in the. the yeah, song. he has. It's, like, it, it's it's like a favoring of of instruments for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and like a full set. And um, yeah, you can you can hear the DNA. Yeah. You know, um, which is. Uh, true of a, a lot of composers. I think uh, definitely we we gush about Hans Zimmer a lot. That's he true. switches up a lot. He s- switches up a lot, but that's why I was like, uh, because there's so much of John Williams that now yeah. we can get to that point. Yeah. Frankenstein feet. Coming up the steps. Yeah. Uh, what was your other pick? My other pick was Jonesy. Number nice. two, which uh, I believe I talked about the first one. It's by Sam Humphreys and mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin Rose Boyle. He, I think he he gave a shout out to us uh, on Twitter this week because uh, he saw our pick of the week. Um, nice. I think Kimmy made that our pick of the week. I can't I think remember. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's always nice when um, the artists pay attention. To yeah, because it's. There's so many people on both Instagram and Twitter that follow us that know what it is that we're putting out there and and like and favorite. And so whenever one of the um, artists says thank you, it's always pretty cool. Mm. Um, But great book. Uh, Doesn't connect too much with the first issue, I guess. It's more like a this was one day of school. This is yeah. another day of school. That's good whenever uh, though, like, there's not the stress of oh man, I don't have issue number one. Yeah, like in the first issue they established this friendship between Jonesy and uh, I forgot the other girl's name but like you don't you didn't need to know that in, from the first one. What right. you do need to know I guess is her powers that I yeah. had forgotten she had until she used them like the third page of the book that she can make people love whatever she wants except for herself. That's right. Uh, so this, this issue takes place during the, the school talent show, but it's made out to be like this massive event that everyone in town comes to. And it's a whole big, like it's basically a fair mm-hmm. built around this talent show. And, uh, she works in her dad's donut shop and she's just trying to figure out, um, there's a new music video that's supposed to be coming out from her favorite artist named, uh, I think his name is Stuff Stuff. Stuff Stuff? Yeah, it's Stuff Stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's like this, um, he is 
what is she saying? He is, he is an amazing, oh, fuck. He's an alien space prince from the future. And that's what it mm. looks like. He's like a Justin Bieber-y, Lady Gaga-ish kind of dressing up kind of singer person. A pop star. He's a pop star. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's just trying to like watch this music video, but it's busy at the donut shop. So he makes everyone go away. And then that girl comes and talks to her. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Let's go have fun. She's like, no, I'm trying to watch this thing. She just said, oh, who's Stuff Stuff? And he's like, let me tell you about Stuff Stuff. I have this zine. And I was like, oh, shit, she has a zine. She has a zine about Stuff Stuff, all uh, about how she loves them. And then those zines get stolen from these two guys in the school. And uh, they, like, have a investigation team to go get them back. And she makes them fall in love with somebody's hat. With somebody's hat. With somebody's hat. She's like, okay. It's like, stop it. You both have to love this hat. And then they just like completely forget about the zines. They fall in love with the hat. Huh. That's such a weird, <laughs> almost like gold balls level of just like a power that's like, yeah. Strange application of my power. Here you go. <laughs> Uh, and then to get the hat back, she makes those guys then fall in love with these like gross popsicle things that are what are they called? She's... Gopher pops, and they look like this weird slimy green. Mm. I mean, I it could just be ice cream, but everyone talks about them like they're disgusting. And so their principal from the school is like, "You boys don't love gopher pops, and what are you doing with this zine?" You don't love stuff, stuff, or Jonesy, and so she's starting to get suspicious. So I was like, I don't know what it is, mm. but Jonesy's involved. Uh, you know what's funny is you're right. Gopher pops don't sound that appetizing, but then I realize that there's otter pops. Otter pops, delicious. Gopher pops, yeah, who knows? Not so much. Um, so I wanted to take the last minutes um, that we have to talk about uh, the signing of. Uh, Patience by Mr. Daniel Klaus, um, which will have already happened. Um, and I know that the slate is very busy for him. He's His event starts at 7, but he's getting here at like 3.30 to do a photo shoot with the LA Times and just get the space set up. So it's going to be a busy full day. Somewhere in that, we're supposed to be able to grab an interview with him and get a chance to talk to him uh, about patience. Uh, but preemptively in case he's such a busy guy, I just want to talk a little bit about patience um, and sort of titillate the audience uh, to coming in and getting, I'm sure one of the signed copies we're going to have when he was here for eight ball, he signed so many different copies. Uh, I think he's going to pretty easily sign some more copies of patience. So I'll break down a little bit of patience for you. Because uh, I I did get a chance to read it and it's uh it's a really awesome book because he gives such a full story mm. um in it's a pretty massive be, book yeah me. between um uh, like a cover to cover that's a story um, which is what he does a lot um there's a, there were some fun allusions I think to uh, some of his other work like um, Death Ray. There, the cover, the classic cover of Death Ray, shows up again in uh, uh, this book, but it's mm. a very, 
it's an homage to, um, which uh, if you're a Daniel Klaus fan, you can appreciate and you can sort of treat it like an Easter egg um, and uh, find it when you get a chance to read it. This story is um, subtitled Patience, a Cosmic Time Warp Death Trip to the Primordial Infinite of Everlasting Love. At first, I thought it was an acronym because that's just so many <laughs> uh, flavorful words, but it, it's not. It's just um, a very uh, witty way of subtitling um, patience. And um, the story starts off with a couple, uh, Jack and Patience, and um, they're in a rut of sorts at the very beginning uh, uh patience is pregnant um from jack and neither of them is really making any money and uh it has such a it, you can see the cover and you can read the subtitle and you can think oh i i know what's going to happen but he has a way of doing a sleight of hand at the beginning of just making you think this is going to be so civilian and then it's not mm. um and a very big uh moment happens uh where um patience is found in not a good state let's say um and it's sort of a vengeance story for jack the rest of it he has no idea who has done harm to her um but he's uh, he'll be damned if he's stopped in finding a way out so he manages to come across a um almost like time uh remote control for like a TV remote um uh time traveling device and goes back to I think three different time periods he goes back to uh or he goes to the future for a bit or he's in the future he goes back to 2012 when the event happened uh, he goes back to 2006, and he realizes, holy cow, I'm going to have to wait around for six years um, to get to that point. He's like, I think I can do it. And he gets close before he has to escape being apprehended and uh, does a very quick um, escape with a time-traveling device and goes back to 1985, <laughs> which he's then like, I'm too old. I'm like going to die before we get a chance to go back to the inciting incident in 2012. Um, and it, so this that device only goes back. It, it, it only goes back. Yeah. It, um, I think he's basically, cause he hasn't had a moment where he goes forward. Um, he just sort of is like, I'm going to play it out. It sounds like a very, um, hard to control device too, of mm -hmm. when, when you're going to go you back. You just know you're going to go back. Yeah. And um, what's interesting about this is uh, we've seen some things involving um, time travel and the like hard, hard rule of you must be absolutely careful because you can one step in in a pile of dirt could change the entire fabric of time space. This explores a little more uh, the idea that time space might not be as easily manipulated as you think. It's like, like very hard set. Mm -hmm. Or that, no, that it's not as hard set as you might. Th well, okay, so it you can manipulate it, mm -hmm. but it's not such a hard, like, that future is never going to come now. 
because you made one one change. It's more like, oh, I'm surprised I'm getting away with as much as I am. It shows you how kind of inconsequential so many other things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't until like the very end that we get that sort of moment of of I've now affected time space in such a way where a major change happens. There's there's a play, though, of if you were following his timeline as the way that he knew it and he understood it, events that we saw in the beginning, Patience was talking about before he had ever gone back. So then, then because it's one thing that I, I've read this week to prepare, and it's one that I'm like, I need to read it again and again and again <laughs> to fully understand it. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it is, um, if it is a hypothesis or a theory introduced of if, if somebody goes back into time space and exists there and, seems to be manipulating the fabric they're actually they actually were a part of the fabric to begin with so there's actually not that much manipulating that's happening so we we hear patients talking about some things that we don't understand in the beginning before he's gone back then he does sort of a replay once we catch up of that of her remarking on his showing up in the past mm. So I do think it's a very it's it's almost entertaining the idea of anyone that can go back in time was already a part of, of going back in time. Yeah. Which is which is interesting I've, to yeah. think about it cuz we 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 tend to think of it as a very back to the futurey sort of I, my narrative is is your narrative. Like we're going, and it's one continued narrative, and it isn't until we nim- manipulate something that time space is is changed. Whereas time space is always going to be the same, and the illusion is that you are manipulating it. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that's very interesting. If we get a chance to talk to Mr. Daniel Klaus himself, we'll expand more on that, and you'll be able to hear from him. Um, if not, then you can definitely come into Meltdown Comics, give this book a read, and uh, it will most likely uh, be signed. Um, unless you wait a little too long because they're going to be going very fast. Then you missed out. So thank you very much for listening to Meltcast. We'll, give, we'll, we'll let you know uh, here when the uh, interview is going to start, um, if it's included. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day.